Welcome to the Do the Woo podcast, where we talk about all things WooCommerce and other news that affects you as a Woo user. I know personally that Liquid Web offers some of the best WooCommerce managed hosting you'll find that'll fit your needs no matter what you are selling or the size of your online store. So I suggest you check them out over at liquidweb.com. And if you use a code BOBWPWOO, that's B-O-B-W-P-W-O-O, you'll get 50% off any plan for your first two months. So head on over to liquidweb.com. And now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Do The Woo, episode uh, 14, as a matter of fact. I am one half of your duo today, Brad, and I'm joined by the uh, infamous Mr. Bob WP. Bob, what's going on? Hey, not much. Um, You know, same old stuff, doing the woo on this particular day, but uh, yeah, yeah, keeping busy. We actually have some decent weather around here, so... I, I'm enjoying that. Spring's coming. Spring's coming. Hopefully, it's getting a little bit nicer for everybody out there. So this is uh, this is a show all about WooCommerce and, of course, e-commerce, which is the underlying topic. There, we uh, we dig into a lot of news each week. We like to bring on a special guest and talk about uh, the, the world of e-commerce and specifically WooCommerce. So this week we have a uh, a very cool guest, a guy I've known for a number of years, even though we haven't seen each other in person for a while. We'll have to fix that, but I'm excited to have him on, Daniel. Uh, Espinoza. Daniel, how's it going, man? It's going great, guys. I'm glad to be on the show. Thanks. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. So, Daniel, why don't you give everybody the quick elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, um, and how is that related to Woo? Like awesome. That arrived. <laughs> so, um, so, hi. Um, I have two companies, and um, I just say that to impress my kids, so don't be too impressed by that. Um um, they like it and probably nobody else cares. But so uh, the first company that's been around the longest is Grow Development. And it's, um, it's a small agency, myself and a couple of, uh, a couple of contractors. Um, and we focus on uh, WooCommerce subscription sites. So um, we don't build them, but we help customers who have reached sort of a, around a million of, plus of ARR to um, keep their site running. Um, help them tweak functionality, add functionality, and sort of identify any bottlenecks that customers are having. So um, this has come after several years of uh, starting off as sort of a um, a WordPress freelancer jack-of-all-trades and figuring out that that drives me insane. Um, Having to context switch between uh, doing a theme build-out to having to debug an API. Um, It's not really what I like doing. So... um, Focusing on WooCommerce since it got started, I guess in 2011, building plugins for it, um, working for WooThemes for a little while, um, but uh, then going back independent. And I just like I like helping customers who are selling on Woo. So that's uh, that's what Grow Development focuses on now. And then the other company is Shop Plugins, which is a plugin marketplace uh, where I sell uh, my own plugins that we've built and uh, one other uh, developer selling there. Um, and so those are, those are more of an off the shelf, off the shelf plugin solutions for customers who, uh, are selling with woo. We used to sell EDD plugins, but, uh, got out of that, um, a couple, uh, about a year, year and a half ago. 
um, just to focus on WooCommerce, just to keep one single code base in my head um, and having to keep up with updates and, uh, and changes and idiosyncrasies of multiple uh, e-commerce plugins was getting to be, again, too much and, and just niching down onto one code base and uh, really helped on both sides, on the consulting side and also on the plugin side. So, um, yeah, those are the two things I focus on. And uh, um, recently, it's just been focusing on um, avoiding seeing Brad Williams in person, which um, it's going swimmingly, really. <laughs> You're um, doing great, man. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot to kind of kind of dig into here. Obviously, on the kind of uh, client services slash consulting side, and then the product side. Um, first question: How do I get to a million dollars in recurring revenue? Because I would I would like to do that. Um, that sounds like a really good place to be. Is there a, is there a, just a one liner? How can I get there? How do I make a million dollars in recurring revenue? box of the month club? Box of the month. Those, that's that's a hot business right now. You can get everything in the box of the month club, can't you? It is. You can you can like just the several of the the clients that we that we help have they they sell they sell you use WooCommerce subscriptions to sell uh, monthly recurring um, items, either uh, candy, deodorant, coffee, um, uh, digital items. Um, so just the, that recurring. Subscription revenue is just so easy. Um, okay, that's if you can just strike that, it's not easy. It's never easy, but it's something that you can focus on. If you can focus on recurring, recurring customers instead of uh, each month pulling in new customers, um, it's 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 much more simpler and focused than uh, a you know business business model. So they know that they have um, you know customers queued up that they're they're recurring every every month and they can focus on reducing churn keeping people happy and not having um and then getting more people to sign up so that's that's really where where most of these companies have come from come to their successes um is having something that recurs every month um that people like getting uh like i i'm i think it's Tomorrow, I'm getting my my box of candy from one of my clients, and I look forward to it every month. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool model. Um, you know, it's one of those like uh, you mentioned, kind of new clients versus existing. And that's if you ever, well, if you ever dig into this stuff, or even at a, a a basic level of watching like Shark Tank or something. Like one of the questions they always ask is like, "What's the cost per client acquisition?" Because it's such an important number. And a lot of these, especially like startups, it's all it's very very high. Because they have to spend so much money getting the word out that they even exist, right? Through ads, online ads, Facebook, whatever. Um, that it might be like eighty dollars to acquire a new a new uh, a new uh, customer, um, but the existing customer, if you can keep that renewal, that retention rate up, eighty percent renewals or whatever, um, then over time that that cost per uh, acquisition can well, should drop dramatically, or else you have a big problem, right? So, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, interesting point there. Yeah, and I, I was thinking with the recurring, I'm imagining since you work with a lot of them that most of them are, I don't want to say boring products, but very standard products versus very creative and exciting products because, you know, like you said, candy, you're getting candy. Or I mean, candy excites me, boys. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're not talking about variety. We're talking about normal people. <laughs> 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 but I mean, you know, you're looking at toothpaste or or whatever. I remember talking to Brett, who actually does a subscription plugin, saying, 
you know, one of the, one of the big ones was somebody that had a toothpaste site. I think it was, and uh, toothbrushes, mm-hmm. and and the stuff you essentially need all the time. So, are you seeing? more on that side of things and people trying to get real creative and saying, Oh, let me put in this quirky product. And everybody's saying, why in the world would I want that every month? Yeah. I think that, um, well, I think it's, if you're, you're competing, if you're competing with a product, that's a staple, then you have to put sort of a story or a spin on it. Um, you know, the, you know, if you're the, the coffee stuff, the, the, those are usually, those usually come with their own, um, uh, story or you know sort of origin and how they're produced the production of them um and then the taste and the flavor that type of thing so um and the the toothpaste or the deodorant or the razors then you have to you have to differentiate your brand to to you know all the ones that are lining that aisle at the grocery store um and have a way to stay in front of mind of, of people you know through um, through social media or through your advertising or through, or through, you know, sort of, um, anything that you're partnering with for, um, for, um, uh, charities or things like that. So I think that, um, the staple stuff is good, um, to the story part of that is good to get customers attention. And then once they sign up for your product every couple of months, then they're, you know, they they usually get a little bit a little comfortable with just having that recurring charge and knowing that they're going to have that product sent to them, you know, when they need it. So, yeah, I um, actually I'm on a, a subscription for a toothbrush called Quip. I don't know if you've heard of this Quip, the Quip brush. Um, one of my friends got it online, was talking about it, looked interesting. It's a uh, you know a toothbrush that vibrates or whatever, but kind of a it's not like the full blown like hundred dollar whatever contraption it's kind of somewhere in the middle uh but the recurring part of it i was actually really interesting i like because every three months a new head shows up um and i think that's like one of those things where you know you should replace your toothbrush every three months but like nobody really does you know you don't replace it till it's like flat and you've had it for a year and you're like yeah this probably needs to go so it's like it shows up and i'm like yeah this is what i should be doing i should have a new toothbrush head every three months and it it takes one less thing off my plate that i need to to worry about you know, it just yeah, shows, like you said, Bob, it's like an, a, a necessity item. Um, I think that is getting much more comfortable for consumers to get behind, especially with companies like Amazon having like subscribe and save. I don't know if you guys uh, do that, but we have a subscribe and save box that shows up every month. And especially having this made a lot of sense when my son was still in diapers because it was like diapers, wipes, all that stuff that you need with the uh, with the baby just every month like clockwork and then you get some discounts by doing that, you know? So you don't have to think about it. You just always have diapers coming because you need freaking diapers, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love it. Yeah. I love the subscription stuff. Boxes. Yeah, Im- implementing a, a discount for, or a subscribe and save or a um, subscribe and get the percentage off is a, uh, it's something we we implement often, so um, because people like seeing that discount, and and it's something to, that's easy to offer when you know that people are going to be renewing yeah. know, month after month. And once they buy into it, like with the toothbrush uh, that I have, it was, I I tried it, you know, I got it, and I tried it for three months. I was like, this is great. So then I went ahead and just prepaid for the year, get the discount. I know I'm going to get, you know, a new toothbrush head every three months. You know, so basically four heads throughout the year, and they also send you like a new battery along with that. So it's like. Once I determined I liked it, I want to stick with it. Then I was able to put, you know, make that larger investment, save a few bucks and, and I'm set. So it's really cool to hear that you're doing, you know, I think 
I think, and this is maybe just bias or basically what I hear, but I think when you think WooCommerce and subscriptions, um, you're not thinking stuff like this. At least I'm not. I'm thinking like digital goods or uh, a membership site to um, access maybe training or or, or things like that. Um, I'm not, I, you know, it, it doesn't occur to me initially, like at, at first um, discussion of it about like physical subscriptions, a physical box of something showing up, but obviously there's no reason you couldn't, you're doing it. I mean, so it's obviously a great platform for that. Do you run into any challenges uh, with, I mean, I'm sure there's always a, con- you know, normal challenges, but anything, uh, you know, maybe out of the ordinary with WooCommerce and subscriptions when it comes to physical versus digital? Yeah. Some of the challenges that we've uh, had, WooCommerce subscriptions does a really great job at the, at the pitch down the middle strike zone delivery of customers want this item during for this frequency um, at this price. Uh, They do a really good job at that and they do very, and they, and they have a couple of, of variations on that where it gets interesting is where sort of it's a, it's a different path that a customer wants to take or if they want to give power to their consumer, to their customer. And that's where um, a couple of the, the plugins we created for shop plugins came out of. They, they were birthed out of client projects that they wanted some, uh, they wanted some, uh, some more uh, control over how their subscriptions were managed and how their customer and giving some control over to their customers. So the, the use cases aren't something that subscriptions, the main plugin is going to bring into um, the core code because it's, it's a small subset of the larger subscriptions, you know, user base. Um, but we found that we've, you know, adding those to a feature plugin um, has really, it's really done well. It's been popular, a popular seller. Uh, and so we call that one toolbox uh, for subscriptions um, and I built that on a project with uh, with Gabor uh, Jaworski, and uh, he um, so he's that's the plugin he sells on Shop Plugins, and so it, it adds some of the the features that um, store owners want to give over to their customers, the ability to skip a month. So if you um, if you you know really neglected your your teeth health and your dental health for half a year and you didn't brush at all and you have these two extra heads sitting there and it comes around to you know January and you get your renewal reminder email that says, hey, we're going to charge you for another year. Um, you could use our toolbox plugin to say, now let's let's push that out a month. Let's push that out cool. uh, 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 you know, three months because uh, I know I should be brushing and thanks for the reminder. Um, my wife's really been upset with uh, with the the you know how my teeth are looking so I'm going to start using these heads that I already have. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ability to push out a schedule or to skip a renewal or um, to change up the frequency to say, now I want, I want subscriptions to renew on just these set number of days. Um, You know, let's, let's define a a renewal path that way instead of the sort of a set every third day, every month on the day that they purchase. Um, And that's pretty common um, functionality with subscription boxes, you know, like, um, I can think of the ones we subscribe to, and I think most, if not all, have that option to skip or maybe to pause for a period of time um, and then re-enable at some point. But um, that's really cool. And I love the idea of, like you said, this kind of stemmed from client work and you basically solved a client problem, but we're able to do it in a way that you could take this product to market. Um, I'm curious, is that when you brought that to the client, is that how you pitched it? of saying, Hey, we're going to build this for you, but we're also going to release it and sell it. 
Um, is it something you just ended up doing behind the scenes? I'm just, uh, for my own curiosity, I'm curious. It's a win-win, right? You build something for a client, assuming you got paid for it, and then you're able to um, release it for the masses um, and charge for it as well, right? So it's kind of, it's it's a beautiful thing when that happens. So I'm curious how you generally work those, those deals with your clients. Yep. I think we've done it um, both ways. Um, where one of them we developed and said, you know, this is, this is, we're going to generalize this um, because the, the code that we built was very specific to the client's project and uh, to integrate in their current site. And it took some extra work to be generalized to work for any site. So, um, so we definitely let them know that that would, that would happen. Um, and then we also had another, uh, the other, um, the latest uh, subscription schedule plugin was built for a client, but then it had to be changed quite a bit. Um, and it was uh, like maybe a year later that, um, that I, we changed it and, and then I did all the testing and prep for, to make it a commercial plugin. So that wasn't necessarily part of the client project. Um, but the, the tool, especially with the toolbox one, when you answer the same or when you answer the same question twice, uh, and then three times, uh, for different clients, you see, yeah, there's, there's a need for this and there's probably other people who will want it. Um, so, uh, the, it, so it'll work either way. Usually most clients don't care. They're like, yeah, we want this now. It doesn't exist. It's valuable for enough for us to pay for it. And, uh, we understand how open source works and, uh, we're paying you for your expertise and the value that this code's bringing. And we don't really care what you're doing with the plugin afterwards. So, um, and, and also, uh, I, I'll usually throw in a, a lifetime license. Um, yeah. if it applies, if it's not a lot of customization, um, so they can just use the the updated plugin in the future, uh, if they want it. So that, like you said, it's a win-win cause they get, they get updates and some, some level of support with the plugin going forward, even after the project ends. Yeah. I think that's the best approach and, and, and pretty much how we've done it over the years at web dev, where if we're going down that road, we basically say, look, you know, you're essentially funding this. It's for your site. Um, we like to take it to market and the value that you get by us doing that is that we're going to make sure this plugin works indefinitely, you know? Um, so you won't have to keep coming back to us in a year or so and say, Hey, we need to update it because it's, it's missing some new features with WordPress, whatever. We're already going to be doing that, you know, cause we have to do it to continue to sell it. Right. So it, it is a win-win even for the clients. So um, that's super cool. I have uh, one last question around the products. Um, so, you know, you know, for the last few years, well, you know, I've, I've preached for a while about how um, the commercial side of, of plugins, um, there was a lot, a lot of opportunities um, versus where themes are at. Themes have been saturated for a long time, you know, where plugins weren't. However, in recent, you know, in the last year or two, it's really kind of gotten to that point where I feel like plugins are saturated, right? There's just a lot of options for anything you want to do. Um, and I'm curious, obviously, you're kind of focused on this niche of WooCommerce and building premium products for WooCommerce. Do you feel like there's still a market there for some, you know, some additional plugins? Some If people are looking to dip their toe or get into this market, do you feel like it's, it's, it is becoming saturated as well? What's your, what's your thoughts around that? So I think if someone were, were thinking about launching a plugin uh, shop, in the current sense that we know of it, like it's a single purchase year license support type of thing. Um, purchase price between, you know, whatever we won't talk about code Canyon prices because they suck. Um, <laughs> but maybe 50 bucks to 200 bucks, um, for a plugin. Um, I think that the, 
they they really it's possible to do that and to get the that sh- that plugin shop running fairly quickly but uh the challenge is going to be on sort of the same thing we were talking about earlier about branding and getting people to know that you exist um you're going to have to spend probably spend some money or do some serious content marketing uh or work with great um uh, great affiliates like like Bob WP um, to get the word out on your product. Um, I think you can definitely ship a product and be successful with it. But um, we launched launched shop plugins in February of 2015, and over the next 12 months, um, we got pretty crappy sales. Um, and then there was a certain point where I feel like the content marketing and um, just Google knowing about us. Uh, just really kicked in and the, and then the sales went, you know, took off after that. So um, start, you know, get started now. <laughs> Don't wait. If you're thinking about launching a plugin marketplace, um, uh, so, but really just, and then provide something that's um, provide something that's, that's going to work well and go for integration uh, with other plugins. Cause there's so many people who get in touch uh, with me that say I bought this plugin, but it didn't well with, work well with this other plugin. And most plugin shops, especially like WooCommerce.com, um, have policies about third-party plugins working together, and um, they'll they'll go to a certain length to make sure that they're they're integrated well. But um, but someone's always going to come to you and say it doesn't work with this plugin that I found because so many people are launching plugin shops, mm-hmm. um, and so just have a. Uh, you know, work towards compatibility and, you know, keeping good WordPress standards, Word, you know, WooCommerce coding standards. Um, but just know that you're going to have people, <laughs> you're going to have people who have X plugin or X custom code that's not going to work with. And if you can, if you can make those people happy, then you'll have, you'll have clients coming back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can definitely back that up because as he said, and I, I get these emails all the time, people, coming out with e-commerce plugins, uh, specifically WooCommerce. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how many, I mean, they're, they're, they've got the plugin development side of it down, but like Daniel said, you know, you do have to um, brand yourself or have some kind of brand and just reaching out randomly and asking people, you know, Hey, here we are. Look at this. You know, will you sign up to be an affiliate? Will you use, do a post on it, you know, it, it, it's amazing. It's a, it's a tough market to, I think I, I see it from the other side and especially, you know, like I said, to all the emails I'm getting, but, um, and I, I'm very, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about WooCommerce products on the site and I'm very particular on, you know, who I share stuff, you know, the developers I share, the ones that I've, I've known for a long time. And I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff out there and it's just, it's, it is seeing some of the same stuff coming out with maybe a little bit of a different twist. But um, I think a lot of them are just, some of them seem to be just wanting to beat the price. They think, okay, I'm going to, you know, kind of create something similar to XXX, but I'm going to probably charge half the price. And, you know, that that raises a lot of flags for me, and I'm sure it does for some other people. But, yeah, it's interesting, that whole market. And, I, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely involved in it a lot, but not in the sense of, you know, from either one of your side, the development side or the marketing side. I'm just looking at what people are trying to do out there. And it's uh, it's like I said, Daniel said, you know, if you're going to do it. 
you better get in there and you better have some people behind you that know you already to help you get the word out because yeah, it's that old building. They certainly won't come, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's about as much about having a good reputation and solid products. And, you know, the other side of it is like you mentioned, having a, a niche. Um, it's what I recommend if people are trying to get into WordPress, like just, you know, client services, like just to say you build WordPress websites, there's a lot of companies out there that build WordPress websites, but if you have a specific niche, like I build WooCommerce sites, I build online stores, I build sites only for churches or whatever. Um, it one, it just makes the marketing so much. Well, it makes it easier. I wouldn't say so much easier. It makes it easier because you have a more specific message than just I build WordPress sites. It's like yeah. that's a very hard <laughs> message to market, you know. Um, and I think what we're seeing here with Daniel and his products are same. Like there's he's kind of drilled down into some specific niches that help that marketing angle um, to be a little more pointed than just saying we do WooCommerce. Like, yes, you do do that, but you also specialize in certain parts of WooCommerce, um, maybe more than others, which can help. Mm -hmm. So something to consider yeah. if you're looking to get into this or yeah. just stay out and let everybody go and buy Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, up, oh, go ahead, Daniel. I was going to say, and adding sort of the, the stipulation to you, my clients are saying like you need to be you need to be a certain revenue revenue uh number to not necessarily to afford our services but really to make best use of it like you're not going to run an ab optimization test on a site that launched yesterday you're just not getting the traffic you're not it's going to make that test worthwhile um maybe that's not a best example but like the sort of the speed optimizations and the functionality additions and some of the things that we work with customers on um, aren't money well spent for a site that just started. Um, I worked with a client last quarter that um, we started doing some some stuff and sort of we started doing some some tasks and did some of the normal uh, workflow that we do with other clients and they raised raised a flag sort of saying um, we're we're cash strapped <laughs> we're a startup we're um, let's focus on just a couple of things and we we ended up parting ways just more on amicably just saying like you know get back to us once, you know, you really need to be spending your money on the marketing side on, um, you know, you're acquiring customers, but um, you need to acquire more. Um, and you have everything set up on your site to, to serve those customers. Well, um, things later, later down the road, um, you know, fulfillment center integrations and stuff. You can do that later when you have more of a cash flow. So um, that was a hard thing to say to somebody <laughs> um, or somebody who comes along and says, we want a WooCommerce site built. Um, I, I don't, I haven't priced one of those out in so long that it's not really something I'm interested in. So I have folks that I refer that out to, but um, on one side, it helps define the type of clients that, that we take on. Um, but on the other side, it is a little scary telling somebody no. <laughs> so, um, but it, at the end of the day, it just, it feels good serving clients that you're well suited to do. To, yeah, to I mean, it, it proves you're not just in it for the dollar. You actually want to help people, which if someone told that to me, I would very, I would really respect the fact they told that to me because rather than just taking my money and not necessarily caring, you want to make sure that the money's well spent, that they're going to see results. And if it's not going to be a good fit based on your experience and everything, you know, being upfront about that is the classiest thing you could really do. So they won't forget that, you know, like doing right by people. And, and I'm a big believer in karma and all that good stuff. You know, I think if you do right by people, um, it will come back. You know, so maybe it's six months, maybe it's a year, maybe it's a couple of years down the road. 
Uh, maybe they come back directly. Maybe they just send someone your way. But um, this definitely speaks to your character. And um, I know people respect that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I wanted to segue just into this because it's very appropriate. Is the uh, And it's been, I think, over a month, the release of 2.5, the subscription extension update. And I know there was a few improvements on that. And just to touch on that briefly, at first I want to ask Daniel if there was something there that just jumped out at you and you said, oh, finally, or thank you. Thank you, Brett. <laughs> yeah, we um, the, the latest 2.5, we have a couple of stores on that now. Um, and we think we shipped that before it was before it was released on a couple of stores. Um, but the, the reactivate pending cancellation is something that some people have been asking for. Um, because once I, a subscription goes into cancellation mode, it was just a, a pain to have to create a new subscription for the customer to, and to get them back. And it's a customer service issue too. You have to have someone, an administrator um, available to reactivate that or to create a new subscription. So stuff that helps, Again, letting the customer serve the, you know have a self service type option, uh, and then not involve your customer service, uh, your customer support folks, um, and bog them down. Um, it's really good to put that into the into the software, and get that out of the uh, out of the customer services hands. Yeah, and I, I, that's one of the things that stood out to me was that cancellation one. And I see that they said their biggest feature to change was the uh, um, not making a payment method required to actually sign up and stuff, which um, I guess I hadn't been using it enough lately to realize that was, you know, not an option. I probably had to do a workaround, but uh, that you can actually have an, uh, allow in a $0 initial checkouts. So is that something that I, I, I'm thinking, I guess I can think of a lot of scenarios, but obviously you want people sometimes to sign up and maybe start their subscription later or maybe do the free trials and it just wasn't quite as fluent as it was or not as easy to do as it is now. Is that another one that seems pretty prominent? Yeah, just a, it's just another step toward letting customers or reducing the friction to checkout and letting customers use your product um, before entering a card in um, and then proving your value, proving your... Um, you know, your worth to customers uh, based on what you're, what you're delivering. And then later on, they can, they can add in the, the card. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of discussion that goes around. And it's, it also depends on your price point because um, there's a discussion about uh, in sort of some of the SaaS podcasts in the world about that charging the initial card. Well, you're, if you are requiring, if you're at a certain price point that's over uh, a number that requires a manager's approval, then you have you know, you're not going to get the sale because they're not going to, you know, going to go through that um, process. But if you're a point below that, that you can let customers check out and try your product and then they'll get excited and on board with it. And then they'll go and get that manager's approval. Um, so this is probably a step that, that toward reducing that, that checkout um, mm-hmm. uh, friction and letting people try your service and, um, and becoming a existing customer that you're serving instead of a, a mist or a, a cart that you're trying to, um, that has been abandoned and that you're trying to reactivate. Cool. Well, there's, yeah, there's a few others. I'll put a link in. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen this and gone through a lot of them, but, uh, 
Um, I, I like the auto renew toggle. I just had to, I was reading this through where you can toggle it off and on the auto renew. And they said they, the customer can now be as flighty as they wish. I thought that was a great way to word it. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea of just getting more control in the customer's hands is a good thing, right? Hopefully it'll reduce right. support requests, emails, manually updating things um, on the store side. So yeah, any, any, anytime you can give the customer the ability to make the changes they want, especially around payment, that's important. You know, that's the one thing you want them to have, you want them to be comfortable with and have all the options that they would ever want so that you can get paid. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, one more thing uh, I think we have time for real quick. Uh, 3.6.0 WooCommerce beta came out. They don't, they say it's nothing, you know, major. But at the same time, I think they're moving all the blocks into core. So you won't have to add that um, block plugin anymore. So um, so I, I guess that would be another, maybe another whole discussion sometime down the road is how do blocks play into subscriptions or do they play in at all? I don't really see them any more than just, you know, being able to add content to your posts and pages and and moving on. But uh but anyway, that's that's another little bit in the news. Uh, had another article I was going to have us talk about, but I don't think it's really uh, uh, unless was there something. It was a uh, another one of the forecasts on e-commerce. What's going on? Uh, let's see who was this by. This was by Shop Talk. Uh, anything that strike you, uh, Brad? You're, you did you highlight anything there that was real exciting? Yeah, I highlighted a couple. I thought the article was interesting because it's, um, like you said, it came from Shop Talk and it's highlighting what these kind of retailers like Macy's, some things they're doing in the online world a little differently than they are in their brick and mortar stores, which is an interesting topic. I think, you know, we all know that a lot of the brick and mortar stores and even Macy's is getting slaughtered eventually by like Amazon and Target and some of these other ones that have really figured out online much quicker <laughs> than some mm-hmm. of these ones I think were a little bit slow. So, um, you know, like one thing that stood out is how Macy's, they mentioned that they found their customers like to shop online for fragrances by scent, but inside the stores, the categories are arranged by brand. So they're starting to, and obviously they probably have just, I can't even imagine the massive, massive amounts of data they have to go through and analyze, but they're, they're, this is good, right? They're starting to figure out what the difference is and how their online shoppers want to shop. Um, and I think my guess is just even based on that sentence is prior to, or when they first started their online, they probably tried to make the online experience as close to the retail experience as possible, um, which isn't, it's not a one-to-one, you know? So getting smart about saying, okay, online shopping is completely different. Let's figure out what our online shoppers want to do. Forget what they do at the store. Let's figure out what our online shoppers want to do or how they want to navigate, how they want to filter products, how they want to test products. Um, the other one they mentioned is augmented reality, which we've been hearing for years about how this is a, a huge game changer. And in some ways I think it will be uh, essentially they're just, they're using augmented reality to do things like trying endless shades of lipstick through their app. Um, and with, with the idea of, you know, I'm not an expert on lipstick, but obviously if you're going to try on lipstick, it would be a pretty, I would assume it's a daunting process to try on 20 different 
colors or shades to get the right one. We're using augmented reality. They're realizing that um, virtually their, their, their customers can try on all this stuff and then narrow it down to say, okay, here's the two or three I want to physically try on, right? So it makes a better experience. Using the online tool makes a better experience at the store. So um, that type of stuff is, is pretty cool. And I think companies like Macy's, they, like, they have to do this, right? They have to, and they have to figure it out quickly because um, their online stuff isn't doing as well as it probably should be. And it's hurting, yeah. you know? So, but it's cool to see them take hold of this new technology. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll put a I'm, link. I'm ready for Apple glasses whenever they ship. Yeah, really. Yeah, I they mean, still... <laughs> we all about augmented reality and AI for a long time. Like, I really, I, I agree. Like, I think, it, yes, it is a buzzword and it has been for years, but I do see the value of where that could be. You're right, when it's more more easily accessible. Like, the idea of a, a Google contact that you put in your eye is is not far-fetched at all, and they even have filed for a patent around it, so... Um, being able to have this stuff front and center and not just have to hold a phone or whatever um, will change the game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I read a lot of books, a lot of fiction. And I read a lot of techno thrillers and a lot of that is around augmentation stuff. I just wrote, read one about somebody creating something that could, um, what was it? Tell if you were lying or not, or if it was a, um, you were kind of working around a lie. Anyway, very interesting book, but um, yeah, it's something gets pretty weird. The future is here. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, very cool. I think uh, I think we covered pretty much everything we wanted to cover. And uh, you know, I'm really glad now that uh, that Daniel knows that you've got those toothbrush you know, coming every few months. So maybe he'll be more um, willing maybe. to meet with you in person soon. Now that he knows your hygiene is, uh, is, is <laughs> on the utmost here. <laughs> yes. My teeth are good. I can promise you. It's a cool, I mean, quit, check it out. I'm not, it's not an affiliate or anything. I just like the product. So yeah, and it's a cool service. Excellent. All right. Well, um, one little quick, quick um, thank you to liquid web once more for their sponsorship. Uh, you can head over, get some of their awesome WooCommerce Manage hosting, get 50% off for the first two months using Bob WP Woo. So uh, check that out. And Daniel, really appreciate you coming on. It's always great chatting with you. I know we've chatted on other podcasts and glad we were able to get you on here and um, have, have Brad um give you the drill you know you got to go through the brad drill here <laughs> glad to be here thanks <laughs> all right well you can you can always subscribe you know usual places i'm going to be adding a few more uh neglected buttons to subscribe but you you can connect with us and uh, we come out a couple times a month uh one of these days brad and i might actually decide to do it uh, every day, but you know, we're kind of holding off on that for a while. So, uh, so uh, until what two Thursdays from today, I guess, you know, hang in there and uh, do the woo. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye.